Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If triumph over adversity is a measure of sporting success, then Gary Messett is one of Irish football's great stories. Diagnosed with cerebral palsy as a child, he went on to play soccer for Ireland in three Paralympic Games, playing 118 times and scoring 91 times for the Irish cerebral palsy team. But perhaps his toughest challenge came when he captained Ireland at the 2018 European Championships just six weeks after his father, Bobby, was the innocent victim of a shooting in a Bray boxing gym. Ireland finished third, their best ever performance, with Gary, the star player. Gary, thanks very much for telling us your story today. Um, your life has had challenges in it, obstacles put in front of you. Um, what did football give you to help overcome them? Uh, yeah, so basically it's, it's just been, it's been something that I've, I've always loved doing. Um, I just uh, I like the competitiveness. Uh, I also like the fact of being part of a team. Um, and for me, sport in general is just a way of just me releasing myself in terms of having the disability to, to, to do something that I really, really enjoy, enjoy doing. Um, and then obviously family and friends have been so supportive over that as well, which has been fantastic. Mm. Tell us about when you were thrust uh, from the streets of Bray uh, into the life of an inter international sports person. It's an incredible story. Um, how did it happen that you ended up as a teenager in the Irish Paralympic team for the 2004 yeah. Athens Games? Yeah, so basically um, I was playing a match with uh, Wolf Town um, at the time uh, and we played a match, we lost 2-1. I was at fall for one of the goals and with that came home, obviously wanted to get better. Kicking the ball up and up, up and, uh, down, down the road um, and a person called Leo Green who happened to be the Paralympic um, chairperson at the time was just walking along the road happened to spot me with my hand raised and just thought to himself, you know, this gentleman could have cerebral palsy. Um, and then a couple of days later, then he uh, had a meeting with my mother and father. He just said, look, would your son like to be involved with the, the Paralympic Ireland football team? And uh, my mother and father said, yep, without a doubt. So went out training that Saturday and haven't really looked back since. So it's, uh, yeah, so it was kind of from then to be absolutely involved with the Paralympic team was it was absolutely amazing. Such a small moment of, of, of chance uh, and your life changed after that. And not only that, but you had the honour of carrying the flag for the Irish team at those games. I mean, how did that come about and what was that like? Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Again, obviously going over with the Paralympic team itself, that itself was fantastic. Done a few training sessions, everything was real professionalism and absolutely loved it. And after one of the training sessions, we were actually due to play Ukraine the first game. and. Um, Couple of days previous, obviously, we were training, and the chef of the mission called myself in, and I was thinking, oh, I haven't done nothing wrong already, have we? <laughs> um, and he basically sat down along with me and the manager, Paul Casson, 
And he basically said, look, how would you love to uh, carry the flag for Ireland in the open ceremony? And for me, obviously, even just to get involved with playing football and going represent Ireland, that itself, I, I never thought it would, would happen. And absolutely amazing. It's only to look back now over the kind of career that I've had. It's, uh, yeah, it's just dream what, what dreams are made of. What about that moment when you're, you're hearing the anthem for, for, for the first game of the tournament? Again, a few short weeks from yeah. kicking the ball on the street. Yeah, 100%. Again, obviously, everything kind of happened so quickly. Um, I was obviously asked to go over, done it, and my mother and father said, look, Gary, I don't think we're going to have the money to maybe attend and stuff like that. And I said, look, no problem at all, even just to go over and, and just be involved with the team itself, even if I wasn't going to get a game or whatever. Was thrown straight into the Ukraine game, uh, played left wing, done a national, an national anthem, sorry, and um, looked up to the left-hand side, and there was my mother and father. So for me, it was a, such a proud moment for me, my family and my friends back home, obviously everyone that had been involved because I didn't get treated any differently, mm. um, obviously from a young age, and, and I always wanted to pursue and playing football, and then obviously if I could get involved in sort of international level, which I have, so absolutely amazing. Mm. Every um, Paralympic story or any, any person who's come from your background, there's always a, a childhood where you've had the disability and had to overcome it. You've touched on it there and how your parents treated you. What was your childhood like and how did you cope with, with having cerebral palsy? Yeah, um, again, it wasn't, as I said, I'm, I'm the eldest of, uh, of three. So I've, I've had a tr three kids, obviously the oldest. I have a brother and a sister as well. But um, yeah, so even from the, from the age where I could walk, um, obviously start cycling a bike. And a little s story I have is I basically was cycling a bike, got a puncture in the tyre, um, went into my father and I said, Dad, can you just help me out, just sort out my bike? And he, he just handed me a spoon. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, what do you, what's the spoon all about? So he said, look, go in out to the back, figure it out yourself. And I went out with a spoon. I was like, don't know what to do here. Um, and then a couple of hours, obviously materialised. He then eventually came out to me um, and he just said to me, son, you're not going to get everything handed to you in life, whether you have a disability or you don't have a disability. It's just a learning curve for you. I didn't want to do it, but I felt like it was needed right there and then because if I start to treat you and start coddling you now, later on in life, you're going to be looking for things all the time. And mm. I want you to have your own purpose in life. And for me, that was a real, real... It was, it's a moment that I always look back on and I always, I always feel myself, that's the reason why I'm here is because... I wasn't treated any differently as a kid. Um, even even the block of friends that I have, I still have now. And again, I, I might have got bullied once or twice, but I mean, the, the friends that I did have would always stick up for me. And, and it's I just didn't get treated any differently. And for me, that, that that's huge for a person who has a disability. Did you take that into your football life then? So obviously, like any young kid, you discover the game, fall in love with it, lo love the whole idea of kicking the ball off the wall and playing with your friends. But was it important to you to, to play against uh, in mainstream football and not to be seen as different and to compete and excel uh, in mainstream football. Yeah, it's it's um, it's always something that I've always had in me. Um, my father, I think, I think has actually grown in me. Um, whereby, if someone told you you can't do do something, I would be the first person to say, you know what, I can do it, and I'd always I'd always want to do it. Um, whether that's football or any sort of if someone just said you can't do something, I'd mm. always want to do it. Um, and for me, even growing up, I have played in games in the past where someone, I, for instance, got played a match um, against a, a team out in Dublin and, and I'd done a warm-up. Uh, basically, a lad seen me and 
he called, he looked at his, his teammate and just said, look at this lad here with the chicken wing arm. And for me, I obviously had a, a teammate of mine and he said, Gary, don't worry about it. We ended up winning the match 2-1. I set up a goal and I scored a goal. And basically the two lads that had obviously slagged me just before it came over to me after the game and said, I'm so sorry for, uh, for making that obviously remark. And I said, look, I'm kind of used to it in a way, but I kind of thrive on someone thinking that I'm not going to be good at something. And then by the end of it, they'll say, you know what? And it's exactly like, just do not judge the book by its cover. Mm. And, that, and, that and you're educating people as well, almost, in, yeah. in the act of doing it. Yeah. certainly showing them the error of their ways. 100%, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's always been the case where I just, I just thrive on not people being negative towards you, but I always want to do the best for me as a person. And then also, obviously, for our teammates as well. And So when you get the call um, from, from for, for the Paralympics, You've been playing mainstream football and your whole life has been, I'm not going to be treated any different, I'm going to battle against it. Is it difficult then to go into a football that is essentially you're marked as different? Yeah, well, actually, in fairness to it, yeah, as you said, yeah, I, I kind of, it's not that I struggle with it, but I was, actually, I was actually blown away by the professionalism of the cerebral policy, the Paralympic itself, the Paralympics itself. In terms of the actual teams, I, 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 I'd never, I never basically reviewed some of the players and teams that have played in the past. So when I went in, I just went in thinking, these have this ability, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run amok. Mm. And it wasn't the case. We got beaten in the first game fairly convincingly by the Ukrainians who were the world championship, world champions. Um, seven nil I think it was. So that was a real eye opener for me. And again, looking back then, I like it, it, it is it's very competitive in terms of cerebral palsy. There's no Oh, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry. It's just you just do your best, and that's it. It's it's very professional and like that. So, it's a, it's the one thing that stood out for me was I didn't think it was going to be as mm. competitive, to be honest. And, and you more than held your own, as you said. Those Paralympics were were, were tough on the field for, for Ireland. Finished seventh out of the eight teams, but after that, you went from strength to strength. And you won player of the tournament in three European Championships. Represented Ireland at World Cups. Captain your country. And got yourself uh, a very nice nickname along the way. Yeah, well, me, well, a few people call me Messi, but again, it's it's uh, <laughs> you're being, yeah, you're being modest. It's, yeah, without a doubt, no, but it, yeah, don't get me wrong. It, uh, in terms of the whole accolades with the European uh, player of the tournaments, um, yeah, it was fantastic. 2006, it was actually in Belfield Bowl um, in UCD. Again, I was only a young chap at the time. Um, played against Russia, Holland. We came fourth, I think, overall. Um, but yeah, I got obviously the European Player of the Year and then I also got the Football for All mm. FEI Player of the Year as well, which was absolutely amazing, mind-blowing. Had all my family, it was fantastic. It, it must be, um, you, you talked about football giving you, you purpose for your life, that cerebral palsy football has allowed you to, to, to live that life, international football, challenging yourself against talented players from other countries and winning those individual accolades, which must, must be a great honour, but a great sense of fulfilment that you, you might not have achieved if that hadn't if you hadn't had that that meeting back in 2004. Oh, 100 percent, yeah, and, and that's where they always we emphasise that when, when I go in um, and, and speak to some people about it, um, that's where it all pretty much started for me. Then um, we even went out to the, that training session uh, just before we went away to the Paralympics, and I was given the, the jersey number 15, and again, absolutely amazing. Went home, tried it on straight away, and. 
I just kind of, from, from that moment, my father actually sat me down that evening and said, Gary, this could be the start of something really, really good for you. Mm. In terms of you having a disability or, or whether or not, I'm going to be, still be so proud of you. And just pursue it and just do your best that you can do. And in anything that you do, just do your hardest and no one can ever say or can criticise you or look down kind of going, you know what, he could have done a bit better and this and that. And I've, I've always been that kind of headstrong where if I needed to do something, I'd do it, and I'd probably do it too much, yeah. if that makes sense. And I've, I've got that from my granddad, and I've got it from my father, and my father's been a big role model in relation to that. No matter what, you have to take positives out of a bad situation. And for me, I've, I've kind of, I've always kind of have, and I find with a positive outcome, I could be in a wheelchair, for instance. I was told I could be in a wheelchair. And here I am speaking to you about an international football career, which is, Mind-blowing when you think of it, so. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Gary Messett's father, Bobby, was a fitness fanatic. On the morning of the 5th of June 2018, he was one of a group training at Bray Boxing Club under the watchful eye of Pete Taylor, boxing trainer and father of Katie. Bobby was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Bobby Messett was training at the Bray Boxing Gym on Tuesday morning when a lone gunman entered the premises and opened fire. The 50-year-old father of three was killed. Two other men, including the owner of the gym, Pete Taylor, were injured. An innocent bystander, Bobby's death shocked the community in Bray and beyond. Over a 1,000 people paid their respects at his funeral old friends and teammates from local football and cycling clubs joining Bobby's heartbroken family. And it was Gary who spoke for them. My dad, Bobby, was one of the kind. And he packed, he packed more than 50 years than a man lived to be 100. He's left a huge void in our lives that will never be filled again. Rest in peace, Dad, until we meet again. We all love you. In your story that you've told us so far about your, your childhood, Gary, and your, and your younger years, your, your dad is a huge part of a huge part of it and a huge inspiration. Um, tell us about him. What kind of fellow was he? Yeah, he was uh, very similar to myself in terms of 
if he was in any sort of sport, he played football, he'd done a bit of cycling, he'd done a bit of boxing, he'd, he'd done all kind of sorts. And he was a man that, if he wanted to do something, he'd put 110% into it. He wouldn't be half, he wouldn't go in half-hearted. He'd always want to get the best out of it. Best out of it. And for, for me, I've I kind of always had that in me as well, that competitiveness to, to do the best for me. Um, and yeah, he was just a, he was a gentleman. He was, a, he was obviously a, f a big family man. Um, and yeah, he just, it's, yeah, he's just, he's just, just a great father. You have your, his spirit in you, I think, yeah. from what you've told us about, yeah. your, about your own career. Yeah, 100%, yeah, he, he's, he, he kind of instilled it in me from a young age, as I said. Um, and yeah, he's just, yeah, he's just, he's just a great man, he was a great man. Um, the shocking events of that day, I mean, it's impossible for anybody to really understand and, 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 and cope with it. Uh, how do you process the emotions of that? I, I mean, there must be all sorts of emotions and, 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 and shock. How do you get through that as, as a family and, uh, and as individuals? Yes, it's, it's uh, yeah, as you said, it, 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 it's, it was horrible what happened that day. I obviously found out um, my mother had, had rang me because I was actually in work at the time. Um, and yeah, it was just a shock. Um, we, we obviously would go on the phone and he'd be on Instagram and he'd put a post up and I'd kind of see it. I didn't see it that morning. Didn't think anything of it. And then uh, he had just got a phone call at my mother to say something had happened in, in the gym. And it was only then that it dawned on me that a few people were talking about the gym or what happened that morning. And yeah, it was, it was obviously a shock to the system. Don't get me wrong. But it's not that life has to go on. But I mean, yeah, yeah you have to just accept for me it was... The, the hardest part for me was the acceptance, the fact that he was gone. For the first couple of years, I just never accepted it. And I'd always think to myself, yeah, he's gonna turn, he's gonna turn up somewhere or whatever. And it's only over probably the last year that the acceptance is that he's gone, he's not gonna come back. But he had a, he's had a huge part on every single family member. Um, for me, obviously, I've only changed jobs recently. I think he was a part of that. Um, my mother started up her own candle business. I think she, he was a part of that. My sister had done a midwifery course. He's definitely been a part of that. And my brother started up his own painting business. So for me, he's he's looked after everyone um, in his own way. And I know he's looking down on, on all of us. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just you, all you have is memories. You can either think negative, you can think positive. Um, and look, again, I, I kind of have a cry every now and again, and it's quite normal with my family at home, and, and it's kind of, it's good to talk. For for me, for the first year, as I said, I, I, I didn't accept it, never really spoke about it, and it just kind of, it always stood on me where I struggled to, to talk to someone about it, and it's okay to talk. Mm. And for me now, I speak, I speak a bit about it now to my family, um, I speak to my other half, Holly, an awful lot of the time now as well in the evening time, so I'm getting better. Don't get me wrong, I am getting better at it, but you just have to move on. I have two young kids now that they're basically looking up to me and, and I have to look after them. Mm. So I can't be sitting around moping around and stuff. And I have my six-month-old Sloan. She, she's apple on my eye, same with Poppy. She's going to be five now in August. And again, she jumps all over me as well and making sure I'm I'm okay and making sure I'm having loads of fun with her and stuff. So 
there is going to be pros and cons, but for me, I have my own little family now and I need to look after them. And that's mm. ultimately where I am at the moment. So, yeah, it's... You spoke at the, the funeral um, oh. and you spoke beautifully about the words you said were the huge void that he, he left in, in all your lives. You, you had football um, and just six weeks after his death, you captain Ireland in the 2018 European Championships and again, perform at a high level. Ireland finish in third place, best ever um, finish. Why do you think you were able to perform at such a high level despite everything that happened? I thought it's, it's only when you look back on, um, I was him and Han and obviously everything, when everything happened um, to me father, I was him and Han and whether to go or not. And sat down with my family and they said, you know what, you've put so much effort into it. He will want you to do your best over there and not to be moping and, and to be just thinking what maybe if or but just go out and just do it. And he'd always he'd always had said that to me that if there was a time where he did pass that to not just sit around and mope and, and just feel sorry for yourself. He would want you to get up, do your best and ultimately do what you love mm. pretty much and, and for a father to say that to his son um, I kind of just kept that on board and I obviously have children now as well and I, I was just being very selfish in regards to wanting to go over and do that and again I scored a winning goal in that third and fourth playoff and had all my family there and it was an absolutely, it's an occasion that I look back daily, I've got a picture on the wall of all the family there and, and the celebrations from that day and again I, I, I have my father, he's a big, big part of that. Um, and yeah, it was it was amazing. We got onto the team of the team of the tournament as well, which was fantastic. And then, as I said, to captain your your side, and I carried out my daughters uh, along the, the national anthem as well. So it was a, overall, it, it was such a negative because my father wasn't there at the time, obviously. Mm. But to have all my family there, um, over there that occasion was absolutely amazing. Again, then to to go on to to get the football for all player of the year that year as well is. Yeah, I couldn't get over it. We, we can have a, have a look at that trophy, and it was the, the, the second time that you won it, mm. uh, and you were given the award a few a few months before that, and a few months before um, your father passed. Um, I'm going to show you show you the picture now of of that night, and it it seems to me like it, it encapsulates you know your your achievement in football, uh, and obviously your, your father being there and such a big role in in your life, mm. and and how he how he how he, he he guided you along the way. Um, what kind of emotions does that picture make you feel? Yeah, it's, I've, it's only when you look back on you, you kind of, you see, I've, I've, I've got a picture of that in the room um, and I look at it every day. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, you just seem so proud. Mm. And I think that's, that's the one thing my father always wanted to be, was just to be a proud father and for me to do my best in regards to anything that I was doing in life. And the same with his two kids, um, obviously Demi Lee and me, and my brother Bobby. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, I'm just so happy. Um, it's obviously sad to know he's gone, but he's, as I said, he's looking down. He's looking after all of us, and um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, he's just a real father. He just looked like a real father. He, he certainly did look very proud, and, and rightly so. As you look back on that journey now, um, Gary, from from childhood and, and disability and on to an international football career and all the challenges that you've overcome. Is it something you want to use now 
um, whether it's an, to inspire other people with cerebral palsy or just in general? For anyone that wants to pursue anything in life, um, whether it be a person with disability or a person that's not, um, for me, it's not even about being a story or be, being like a role model. I just, I'm, I'm just basically being myself. Um, as I said, from a young age, I wanted to play football, wanted to pursue it. Obviously, got the opportunity to represent Ireland. I've, as I said, got 118 caps. Hopefully, get the gold cap now at the end of this year or maybe next. But well, um, make sure you get that. Make one, don't sure, you? please, God, yeah, please, God, I do. But yeah, it's, it's just, as I said, I, I don't see myself having a disability, even though I physically do. Um, and I have more of an ability. I, I just want to be. I just want to be accepted, so there's no exclusion. I'm included in everything which I am. As I say, for any kid with cerebral palsy or any other sort of disability, to be not excluded and to be involved in, in everything, um, whereby it's even playing chess or doing boccia or doing any sort of sports or any sort of instruments, there's nothing. Nothing can stop you. Only yourself. And for me, that's that's a big thing. Is that nothing can stop you only for yourself. Uh, to round off, Gary, um, if you could have gone back to that 16-year-old boy kicking the ball in the street, mad with himself for for giving away yeah. a bad goal in, in a match, and told him what would happen in his life for the 14 or 15 years afterwards, mm. what would he have said? You're crazy. Um, I don't think. Again, I could have turned the other way. I could have sat at home and I could have sold that day and it mightn't have happened. So again, I took something positive out of a negative situation and I, it, it became positive and it, it clearly is, is it's, it's basically been my whole life pretty much. Um, and again, if I had sat in the house after losing that game and sold to the mound, I probably wouldn't be in this position right now. So it's, it's not the little margins, but I mean, it, it's your whole mindset. Mm. Um, and if you have a positive mindset, and you want to pursue on something that you truly believe that you can do, no one can stop you. It's a great message, Gary, and it's a great story, and thanks for telling it to us. You're very welcome. Thank you.